Coming up this week on Kings of the Rings podcast, WWE knocks it out of the park with UFC. AEW tries to take it to the max with a grand slam. The Shield somehow remain on top. Nia is jacked up and back. And Becky is bringing NXT to the big time. It is going to be a total annihilation this week's show with my friend Nate VF and great on episode number 354 of Kings of the Rings podcast exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio and it starts right now. Hey folks, funny story. So uh, my my co-host, Kayfabe, isn't here at all. And Willie T somehow said he had another more profitable opportunity uh, than to do than this highly profitable show known as Kings of the Rings podcast exclusively here on WrestleMania Radio, live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Thank you guys for joining us, uh, by the way. So I was in a, I was in a little bit of a bind little bit of a bind with hours to do before the show and i couldn't i couldn't go another week without doing the show because there is just so much stuff to talk about and so i needed somebody i needed someone to join me on this venture uh into the total annihilation that has been the last two weeks of wrestling and i didn't need just someone folks i needed a great one and i found a great one all the way in Wisconsin, even though T-Pain calls it Wisconsin. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me this week, the host of the, sorry, the host of the Brace for Impact Wrestling Podcast, exclusively on Wrestle Attic Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate VFN Great. Nate, how are you doing, sir? I am doing very well, and let me just say, it's great to be in the presence of one King Ricky Rose. Uh, music to my ears. Do you want to do this show more often, Nate? Because seriously, my hosts, my co-hosts are totally the most unreliable people in the world. Um, well, point. to be fair, one of them is at Grand Slam, which, to be honest, that's fair, especially when you got a cheap ticket. The other one just went MIA for some odd reason. Apparently, right? as an opportunity, who knows? I need, I'd listen. I listen. I should just shake up this whole show. I'm not gonna lie to you. I should just totally just say, <laughs> just totally throw the table over. Be like, you know what? We're just gonna do it. We're gonna do it over. Pencil and me next week, Fretz. I will, Fretz, you're always going to be penciled in. Someone who won't ever be penciled in is obviously going to be Mr. Slack uh, uh, because reasons, totally reasons uh, for, for for Slack never to be on this show. But Nate. You Slack, Slack, F you, F you, Slack. Yes, we know where Nate stands. So Nate, how have you been, my dude? It's been a while since you've been on the show. So what has been going on in, in your world? Honestly, it's been really crazy, Ricky, because um, ever since I've been on the show, I've actually gotten into the wrestling realm of actually wrestling. And I've gotten a chance to work in front of you know hundreds of people. I've got the chance to work in basically my own backyard, which was absolutely amazing. So wait, wait, you wrestled in your uh, own backyard? That was a way oh, long okay. time. I'm talking, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm talking like not too far from here. Uh, 
But essentially, it's like the whole, you know, how people are upset, like, oh, we get to wrestle in my hometown, my backyard, that kind of thing. Gotcha. So that kind of way. Um, but I mean, besides that, just continuing to enjoy a lot of the greatness that is early day TNA. There's some deals that you've heard on the Brace for Impact deal that have been kind of unbearable. Also, uh, F you, Vince Russo, for ruining so many things. <laughs> Trust WCW me. being one the, of the them. Fact, it's, it's funny because there's been so many times where I'm like, holy crap, they, they're actually doing another Fire Russo chant at this match. The latest one being uh, AJ Styles and Frank Trigg in like an MMA-style matchup. And it was only like three minutes in. People are just like, this is bullshit. Like they started chanting, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just getting the chance to work with so many of the great people of WrestleMania Radio. And I think... Actually, isn't this the first one that I've been on since I've returned? I believe it is your first one since your uh, since your miraculous return some odd years ago. Uh, so yeah, well, welcome back officially, officially to to the show since you have returned. You took a little bit of a hiatus, which is obviously we 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 me and you have talked about it. You came back, glad yeah. you're back, um, and it seems like you're having a lot more fun this time around. Yeah, honestly, I think that there were just a lot of things that were different when yeah. uh, I first started the show. I think that I didn't really have a better appreciation for what I had with WrestleMania Radio. But now that I come back, it's like, okay, now I understand how things work around here. I understand how I need to, you know, not overstep my bounds, which I'll admit there were a couple times that I, I did. Growing that. pains. But, yeah, but it's also one of those things where it's like, okay, just need to know if there's something I need. Just talk to the people, let them know what's going on. And if there's like days where unfortunately I can't record, I've always talked to you about it. And you've always been really cool yeah. about it. Where it's just like, dude, it's, it's totally fine. Things happen. Yeah. So, but yeah, getting the chance and it's just been really good. Like, like I said, getting the chance to talk a lot about TNA, but also getting the chance to also talk with you guys. And I still love the fact that we do our discord <laughs> uh, chats during the deal. Uh, I think we've done two or maybe more than the last year we've done it we've done several and, yeah but the two that i've been on with you know you preds everybody else on the deal has been just so much fun especially if i can make you know some of you laugh when i bring out the stone cold impression honestly one of the greatest <laughs> Which, one of the greatest impressions i've ever heard that stone cold impression is absolutely phenomenal so i want to tell a little bit like a fight story about Go that ahead. so randomly through the uh the WrestleMania match with Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. I just started doing this stone cold impression. I think it was when Cody had Roman in the figure four. And I just said like, Oh man, it's a figure four. Like I can't, I got to tap out, son. I got to put this move over. It's a sacred move or some <laughs> shit like that. Something like that. <laughs> it was remember- hysterical. <laughs> but it just kept like snowballing and snowballing and snowballing towards like, okay, this needs to be a regular thing. They, they really like this. So if you ever get a chance, you guys definitely try to find a way to join the Discord service. It's a lot of fun, especially when it comes to big PLE <laughs> events. I can't say pay-per-views anymore. Yeah, no, you're never going to say pay-per-views in like a year from now and everything like that. So, But yeah, if you do want to join our Discord at all, the link is in the description below. We'd love to have you. You have a great time. We talk about everything under the sun, not just WWE or AEW, literally anything wrestling related and then some. We have a channel for it in our Discord, so please, please join us uh, 
you know, the link is in the description below. But let's get into it right now. Speaking of AEW, uh, as we are recording at the moment, AEW is putting on their Dynamite Grand Slam, you know, something that probably should be a PLE or a pay-per-view, but we're just gonna waste this great, unique venue and experience on TV, which is a dying brand in the first place. However, <laughs> however, uh, things might change, number one, but number two, this is a pretty good card. Okay, top of the card, MJF, AW World Champion versus the winner of this, of the tournament to crown the number one contender, the king of TV, ROH television champion, Samoa Joe, going for the AEW world title. We also have Claudio Castagnoli, the Ring of Honor champion, versus the uh, NJPW, I think it's a strong champion, Eddie Kingston, title yes. title versus title there, by the way. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara, because we need an undercard. Um, <laughs> John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix for the international championship and Soraya versus Tony Storm. The outcast are breaking up already for the AEW women's world championship. So th this is a great, great card. I'm not going to lie. I'm very, I'm interested in four or five of these matches, which seems, which to me seems like a good card. Uh, what do you, what are you thinking of this card here, Nate? I do agree with what you said. This feels like it should have been saved for a big show. Um, this should be a, a big of, show, but yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's not. It's going to be taken on free TV, which means, ladies and gentlemen, you'll get a lot of false finishes, kickouts. And like commercial that. breaks. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> picture in picture. One of the greatest <laughs> things that will really annoy you. <laughs> um, I will say that... Soraya versus Tony Storm is probably the one I'm most intrigued by, just because this is probably Soraya's only her like third match in or third singles match. I want to say. Really? I I feel like she hasn't really wrestled that much. That's the thing is that I know she did the one with Britt Baker. Mm -hmm. um, she was in the four way. Lynn. I just don't think she's done like any tag matches or anything like that. I don't remember her doing it. I know she's done a lot of stuff at ringside, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, Tony Storm is killing it with her current character. She's um, like a uh, she's a TikTok she's like a, she's essentially like golden age of Hollywood girl, right? Yes, yes, and it's absolutely Which, amazing. Me, Just it started with the fucking shit. It came totally <laughs> out of left field because like she was a part of the Outcast and they were kind of trying to be this badass group, and now Tony's like, is she on her own now? Uh it feels like it, and honestly, I think that's for the better. Because I feel like Tony Storm has been on a roll in a weird way since she's been on AEW. I think she just needed to still find her stride. Where it's like she's a great wrestler, just she needed to find that one character that people are either going to get attached to, or just really find a way that it's going to be like, okay, what what can we do to really make her over as a character? And this whole deal where she just goes on a rant and she <laughs> acts like she's a Hollywood, as you said, golden age deal. And she always ends a lot of her sh deals by throwing a shoe at the interviewer, which started with Renee and it continues with Renee. And it's one of the best things I think I've Listen, ever seen. Listen, The Rock I had Jonathan Coachman. You know, you always find a uh, backstage reporter that you can use them as like uh, a muse. Byron Saxton's a perfect one as well. And you can find somebody to kind of mess with the elevator character. The Rock was legendary for it. You use it. 
Um, and I think she's gonna. I, if this is gonna get over, this is how she's gonna get over. Just throwing shoes at people because wrestling is ridiculous sometimes. But be that as it may, let's do a quick rundown because I do want to harp on this too much because obviously it's going on, and I'm assuming Frets will probably update us in live action. Uh, I'm just gonna go through real quick. MJF somehow survived Samoa Joe. Uh, I actually, I, I'm totally biased here. Eddie beats Claudio just because I need that rivalry to go somewhere. I actually don't care about Chris Jericho and Sammy. So you, I couldn't have Soraya drop, and I can't have John Moxley drop. I think the title change is Eddie winning in New York because it's his birthday too. Well, Happy birthday, Eddie! Eddie. Um, so I'll say I'll agree with Soraya. I agree with Sammy and Jericho. It's like, oh, hey, this is one of those things that are, we need the undercard. We'll just move that out of the way. Uh, yeah, Moxley's not dropping the belt. Although somebody actually had a really cool idea of um, having. Uh, Moxley drop the title to Ray and then have Ray drop it to uh, Tenoste Takeshita, which I think Tenoste uh, Takeshita should have been the one to actually be Orange Cassidy and not Moxley. But at the same time, Moxley's been a workhorse for the company. It makes sense. If you're going to elevate this title to be an actually like secondary title, which is what it should be, Moxley's the better choice. Fair enough. Mm. That is fair. Uh, I do agree with Eddie Kingston. Uh, but I will say, I think that Samoa Joe is going to kill MJF and take the belt from him. I think he's going to be two belt Joe again. Uh, maybe he'll actually say like, uh, ring of honor TV title. Yeah. We're just going to put this off to the side. Uh, I'm just going to be the world champion. Honestly, give Samoa Joe the world title. I actually really, that's fine. I think MJF's title ran is getting a little stale. Um, and there it's being very, it's being very convoluted because he's holding a tag team title in a different company that also Tony owns and Adam Colt. Like, there's a lot going on with that um, to the point where I'm like, you know what? He's a pretty good ad. Give it to Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe deserves a world title at this point. He really does. Oh, yeah. I was going to say a true world title. But it's like, oh, no, he was, he's a champion in TNA as I'm still recording. Exactly. You stuff, should so. know this. You're a he TNA a guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He should have been... Universal champion at one point, but no, no, they couldn't let Brock lose. No, 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 they need to do that whole deal with Brock and Roman. Anyway, we've—that's it. Take pick it up. Uh, history. We're moving on. From that. Oh, hey, uh, sir Charles, how are you? Greetings and salutations to you. So let's move. Woo, yeah, Charles. Up, sir Charles. Uh, all right, let's move on from AEW Grand Slam. I'll probably the results will be ruined for us by the end of the show. Uh, Moving on to breaking news that came out this past week, uh, or past weekend, or past past last weekend, actually. Uh, the Royal Rumble, the annual event that kicks off the road to WrestleMania, is coming to Tampa Saturday, January 27th um, in 2024 from Tropicana Field, a.k.a. the Trop, a.k.a. that really, really weird stadium that the Rays play in, that field. Yeah, former site of one of... The uh, one of the former pandemic sites that WWE used, uh, when they did the empty arena and they did the virtual spans and everything like that. I forgot what he called it, I'm totally blanking on the name of it. There we go, Thunderdome. Yes, well, one of the former sites of the Thunderdome. Um, so very interesting that they're choosing Tampa, uh, but I enjoy it, I like it. I'm, I'm kind of, I will tell you this, Nate, I am, I'm kind of inclined to go because I had a I was supposed to be in Tampa before the pandemic hit. Like I had a huge like me vacation that got set up and that the pandemic ruined. This also included Disney World and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Like I had a whole week planned out and potentially a picture with Mike Tyson. And none of that happened. 
Okay. So I'm, and that was in 2019, obviously when the world ended. So I'm inclined to go to Tampa. I probably won't go to Tampa because things are expensive. Um, but I enjoy, the, I enjoy the rumble nonetheless. And so the big question here is Nate, are you going to Tampa for the Royal rumble? So I will say this with everything that's been going on with all the hurricanes that are coming through, I'm going to be surprised if Tampa is even, you know, standing after this year. Is over. <laughs> uh, You'd be surprised. I will say, yeah. Uh, but I'll joke, joke aside to everybody that's still feeling the effects of all the hurricanes that have come out. Thoughts and prayers to you guys. And I actually do have some family that are down there that unfortunately get affected by that. So thoughts and prayers to them yeah. as well. Um. But unfortunately, I will not be able to make Tampa for uh, this rumble. I'm still working out a couple of things. So unfortunately, not quite there in idea. But I will say that Royal Rumble is on my bucket list of going to that show. I've gone to a WrestleMania. I've gone to a SummerSlam. All it's left now is a Survivor Series and a Royal Rumble. So, Well, I mean, Survivor Series is in Chicago. That is true. So it could be on the list, but also Bound for Glory is in Chicago as well. Mm. So I don't know. I I did Survivor Series in Chicago again. That was actually right before the pandemic hit too. Because um, Will and I drove to Chicago in the heat of in the in the cold of the night. Um, but Chicago's fun. Chicago. <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't isn't Midwest wintertime travel? It's so horrible. Much fun? Um, it's so windy. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, Chicago, lovely place. Survivor Series, we had a fantastic time. Uh, but I, I'm very surprised you've never been to a Rumble. I recommend going to like outside of WrestleMania. I think the Royal Rumble is the second most entertaining show of the WWE calendar. It is so much fun. No, I and I got that. spoiled. Like, me, myself, myself, Will, and Dave um, got really spoiled because we went to the first ever Women's Rumble in Philly. Yeah. Oh, shit, so you got to see Ronda Rousey. That <laughs> Rumble was fantastic. Um, that was also the same weekend of TakeOver Philly where you had the five-star classic. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Andrade and Johnny, I believe, was the five-star classic match um so so no you can spoil stuff for us if you have breaking news for us but i will say rest royal rumble weekend is fun if you can go you will have a ball an absolute ball um so i highly recommend anybody going to royal rumble i always want to go to a royal rumble if it is feasible uh for me but rest yeah, yeah. so very uh oh we have a new champion already in AEW. what do we got here and knew who it's, it's mean, definitely not Samoa Joe so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they kick off the show with Joe. And it's like, well, we got your money. We might as well just give you this. Oh, smash. it is Eddie Kingston. Eddie. Hey. There we go. Congratulations hey. and happy birthday, Eddie Kingston. Good job. I am. He gets to celebrate with his mom. Yeah. <laughs> It's about time he gave Eddie a somewhat of a relevant world title, even though it's just Ring of Honor, but what have you. Anyway, folks, Royal Rumble happening January 27th. Save up now. Uh, make it to Tampa if you can. Great time. Great time. Also, can I just say this before we move on too mm-hmm. much from Eddie? Uh, he really should have been... This is his reward for all the times that he basically knocked the hell out of <laughs> Yes, very, very true. Uh, so let's move on to this. One of our pretty much the big thing that happened over the past couple of weeks is that WWE 
and UFC officially merged with each other under Endeavor Group Holdings to now form the TKO uh, Group actually called TKO Holdings Group. Uh, they went public on the New York Stock Exchange, opening huge to over $100 a share. They are valued at about $21 billion as a company. Okay, so it is absolutely bonkers what they've done. Uh, I'm going to read to you some stuff coming from The Hollywood Reporter about the merger in and of itself. Um, they're looking to do at least uh, close to like $24 billion in revenue. Um, let me see. Endeavor also expects growth in domestic international media rights for WWE and, and UFC, as most of them are up for renewal and streaming platforms. So that is something to really keep an eye on. Um, and Jesus, the merger creating TKO will secure about 50 to 100 million in annual operating synergies. So the cost to put on all of these events are also going to be looking into, in particular here, um, doing shows with each other in the same cities on the same weekends. Yeah, think about that there, Nate. Yeah, they're thinking about literally essentially just taking over towns and cities with a UFC event one night, WWE event another night, which is kind of wild. And I'm going to be interested to see how they're going to pull that off. Uh, some interesting stuff here as well, uh, as I'm looking on the hierarchy of this group is going to be a little bit uh, kind of wild because the hierarchy is something that's going to be pretty interesting. So here's how it goes. Top guy in TKO is going to be the CEO of Endeavor, Ari Emanuel. He's the one that got the job done. He's going to step into a CEO of TKO while also keeping the title at Endeavor. So he's going to be a CEO of two separate yet groups, essentially. Um, Endeavor, by the way, includes talent agencies, WME, uh, and the likes of IMG. So WWE executive chairman and majority shareholder, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, will now become the executive chairman of TKO Holdings. So it goes Ari Emanuel, Vince McMahon. <laughs> okay, that's how it's going to go. Um, you are then going to have Mark Shapiro, who is the president and who's the president and COO, chief operating officer of and will be the president and COO of uh, Endeavor and TKO. All right. Dana White will be the CEO of UFC. Nick Khan will no longer be the CEO of WWE. He is going to be have a new title of president of WWE. So let's break down that hierarchy a little bit more now, just to let everybody in the loop here. Ari Emanuel, top dog, CEO of the whole damn thing. Vince McMahon, <laughs> number two. Okay. Under Vince, you have the COO and president, Mark Shapiro. Under Mark Shapiro is Dana White. Okay, and then a level under that will be Nick Khan. That's the hierarchy of TKO Holdings. So if you want to make a really big funny of it, Vince McMahon is now Dana White's boss. <laughs> That's true. God. Just like, oh man. Oh boy. 
Let that sink in for a yeah, minute. Yeah, seriously let that sink in. So it's some pretty interesting stuff. So with TKO being um with TKO being formed, Endeavor is gonna own fifty one percent the controlling interest of the group, and the rest of the inch the forty nine percent will be will be given to the existing WWE shareholders. So if you invested in WWE a couple of years ago and kept that stock, your stocks just shot through the roof, by the way, and you probably made a killing. Um, on top of this other stuff coming out of the Hollywood Reporter uh, article, there's also some talks about, like I said, talks about the media rights, um, Especially with WWE's SmackDown and Raw's media rights coming to an end very, very soon. Um, it is going to be a pretty huge deal. On top of that as well, we you know, we have to really also mention that when a merger occurs, this was big news over the uh, over last week, when a merger occurs, when two companies come together, this is business we're talking to folks, when two companies come together. People are going to lose their jobs because what happens when you have two similar companies that run very similar businesses, when they merge together, you're going to have a couple of people who do the same exact thing. <laughs> and so it becomes up to a it becomes a collective group of the people who are doing the merger to really, really come together and figure out who are we going to keep, who are we going to let go and also give a severance package to, because it's not that person's fault that in particular they're they're out of a job. It's because of the merger and you can't, you can't really just let them go without, you know, giving them something to live off of while they find a new job. Uh, so the report came out, that a lot of WWE people in the WWE offices and the business level, well over about a hundred or so, uh, were are no longer with this new company. Because the idea is that, from what I've read, the idea is that WWE uh, TKO, aka the people in TKO, will be operating in in the business harder will be operating WWE and UFC simultaneously. Which is crazy to think about, in my opinion, um, but that is the idea. So there are a lot of people that did lose their jobs, about over 100, but I do know that they didn't just lose their jobs and leave with nothing. Some of them, I know some people resigned, like the like the chief financial officer of WWE, who made $5 million once the merger became official, and then all of a sudden just decided to resign. Wonder why. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, so there's those things to, to really look at. Um, Vince does not have a creative control. Vince is in the, Vince is on the business side of things. Vince does not have creative control. Stop trying to be a mark there, Fretz. I know what you're doing. Um, I know exactly what you're doing. Uh, so yes, they're, WWE and UFC are one. They're going to be running shows together. going to be not running shows, probably in the same town together. Um, there's a lot of stuff to break down here, but that's pretty much the gist of it. And so, Nate, what is your thoughts on all of this news uh, with WWE and UFC essentially creating a super company? So I'll start with the whole releases deal, because like you mentioned, there were a lot of people that unfortunately had the same exact job. And obviously somebody who has either a little more experience or somebody that has more know-how of what they're doing, they're going to be the ones that are going to be more prepared. And before you job. continue, Nate, real quick, so, I do want to say that this does not include the on-screen talent. These releases were all right. people 
office, not not office, but people running the the ins and outs of the operations of WWE. Not this wasn't on screen talent, right? They have not mentioned that. Uh, there are some people that say that there might be something coming along because I mean WWE has been long overdue for a spring cleaning in mm-hmm. a while, so that may be coming for all we know. Um, but it's one of those things where, like you said, merger happens and cuts are going to happen. So it's not one of those things where it's like, you know, like people should be shocked. It was going to happen. Uh, as far as overall thoughts for this, I think honestly it's a great move because you have two companies that seem like they are completely different, but kind of run the same way in a weird way. One's more sports entertainment deal and one is more of the realism side where they're literally, you know, I mean, both of them have one same common goal, and that's they're just beating each other up, all for a leather strap, nice shiny <laughs> stuff on it. I mean, it, it just makes sense in this. Uh, the hierarchy, the fact that Vince McMahon is number two, I will say this, that with his health in question sometimes, I don't think it's going to be that way for long. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not wishing anything on Vince McMahon. I'm just saying... Once you get to an age, you're going to slow down. You're going to start having issues. We've learned that for so many things, including people in politics. I'm not going to be too political, but I have seen politicians who have actually shown their health yeah. deals while they're in a press conference. Yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. very scary. It's well as, so I'm more concerned about, is this going to be the same way with Vince McMahon? <laughs> is he going to be in a press conference talking and then he just freezes? Is this going to happen with him? I'm scared for that, honestly. Are we going to see him have a heart attack while the press conference goes on? I, I do believe that um, Vince will be very – I believe the Vince McMahon character that we have come to know and loathe um, will no longer be a visible presence within WWE. That's my, that is my taking from know, it. And honestly, I'm yeah. okay with that. He's done enough for the business. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what? We've had a lot of people that have, you know, put a lot into the business and there's only so much that they can do. So honestly, Vince, just take your ball, go to your office and focus on that one. Have, from what I heard, your son-in-law, Paul Levesque, be the creative guy. Let to- let Nick Khan, I almost said Tony Khan. Jeez, the wrong Khan, yeah, wrong Khan. <laughs> <laughs> have Nick Khan and Paul Levesque have them focus more on your company because they're still doing good. They're doing great. They're still doing good. I mean, I mean, some of the things are still repetitive, but at the same time, that's okay because you do need something that's going to take the place of, you know, the bloodlines. It's kind of fizzling out. You need something that's going to help take over for that. And it's the judgment day. Yeah, no, the WWE is in a great position. Uh, I think you said it best. You have two companies who do the same thing, and now we're essentially the same thing. And now we're going to work together. They're going to share ideas. They're going to make a boat ton of money. Um, I don't expect don't expect people to cross over. Like you don't don't expect Conor McGregor just randomly show up. Like it might happen, but no. don't actually expect him to do anything. Not with the gimmick he put out on social media the other day. Um, I, I see. I see them more being like a like. They're Correct. Yeah. Like that. Not like actually building. Yeah. Uh, my only concern also with this whole deal where they have like, you know, one show on Saturday, one show on Sunday is that WWE's done a really good job with having shows on Saturday that if they're the ones that end up doing Sundays again, 
that might hurt the revenue just a little bit, just because I think more people liked the Saturdays than on the Sunday shows. But I agree. I enjoy. I could be I, wrong. Listen, I enjoy me Saturday night wrestling. I think it's perfect. Um, I don't know how the UFC thing is going to go if they ever decide to do weekends together. Uh, I'm more excited for the TV rights deal because now they're a package deal. They're, they are literally a package deal. I mean, UFC is currently has a contract with ESPN, which has done wonders for them. Uh, WWE, obviously, a contract and all of that and that massive library, um, you know, with Peacock. But it's also a possibility that they can just say, we're just going to do our own streaming service. They have the ex- WWE has the streaming service experience because it created and this is not even me being biased this is just a fact of life yeah um <laughs> that they created they created yeah. the greatest streaming service ever in the wwe network it was perfect <laughs> absolutely perfect they sold it for a billion dollars and i don't blame them whatsoever but it was a perfect setup and could you imagine if they did something similar to that and just added w- just added ufc content on top of wwe's massive library that's a no-brainer it makes sense. No, you're yeah. absolutely right. Uh, I also do. I do also want to make this joke. Um, since the company is TKO, does that mean that the TKO finishing move is going to be the most protective move in the business? <laughs> Only if the Big Show is still around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only if the Big Show was still around. So again, congratulations to them. This made me really want to invest in stock into Endeavor Holdings, not TKO, because. Little known fact, the Endeavor holding stock is a lot cheaper than the TKO Holdings one. Um, yes, a lot cheaper. Uh, so investing is always a good thing as well. And so WWE UFC merch, what are they going to do with the first show? What's WWE going to do with the first show, uh, first official SmackDown after the merger? Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to bring in Pat McAfee and The Rock to destroy social media and ratings and your eardrums with one of the biggest pops I've heard in a very, very long time. The Rock literally came out and shocked the world, which shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody because uh, they were he was already in Colorado uh, to make an appearance, go completely overtime, tell Austin Theory that he's a giant asshole um, and have the whole crowd tell him. <laughs> that that <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And have great. all the fans say that as well for a, for a raucous five minutes um, and give a people's elbow in one of the most socially viewed in one of the most socially viewed clips of the year was the rock returning with Pat McAfee. What a moment. What a great time. Uh, did you watch this live, Nate? I unfortunately did not get a chance to watch this live. I got the chance to actually watch it when it came available. Mm-hmm. Which is rather quickly, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, geez, Louise. Just, again, I think we talked about this before the show. It's like, I don't know if I've heard a reaction that thunderous since... Um, Mankind won the world title back in 1998. Eight or nine. Uh, yeah. Wow. Somewhere all the time. Yeah. But it, it was one of those things where it should have been a dead giveaway when Pat McAfee said, this isn't your show. This is the people's show. But people are just kind of like, uh, you know, that's kind of funny. Wait a minute. And then his music hits. It's like, oh, shit, he's here. Seriously. Yeah, no, Pat McAfee had a horrible lead in. Like, it was kind of a dead giveaway, but it was still just... It's still a shock 
It, it, it really is. It, re it really is still a shock. That was the finger punk of Doom Knight? That's really funny. Thank you, Frats. Um, it was still a shock to see him. It's not a shock to see that The Rock is in great shape because The Rock is in great shape. It's scary that he's in such great shape, but The Rock's in great shape. Uh, uh, it, it's interesting to say that because earlier on in that day when they were in Boulder, a couple of hours away from Denver, on the Pat McAfee show, surprise, surprise, it was, all, it was always going to happen, um, The Rock revealed... This is one of the biggest things that happened last year. The Rock revealed that he and Roman Reigns were supposed to main event WrestleMania 39. That was locked and set in stone. The only thing that took away from it, or about the reason that they went, went away from that, uh, in my head canon, in my head, it's because Cody Rhodes got hot. Um, what The Rock said, what The Rock said, because The Rock says everything, um, <laughs> The Rock said they couldn't find a way to make it make sense. And make it mean something, which is probably absolutely correct, you know, but The Rock did also hint, he's like, I am available for WrestleMania 40 in Philly. So my question to you and to our lovely listeners here, especially you, Mr. Fretz, do we see The Rock and Roman in Philadelphia? That is a really good question, because I said this before we went on the air, that... Cody should be really concerned about this. Everybody because, should be concerned. It's the freaking rock. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. Rock's back. Everybody should be concerned. But Cody's the one that I really hit the most because, A, I'm a big fan of Cody. Love him. And, B, because his whole entire deal has been finished the story. And we just need to have that story finished. It should have finished at, it should have finished at WrestleMania 39. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it didn't because reasons, because they think that Roman Reigns would be a better fit for the company than somebody with a neck tattoo, which was too <laughs> large. But that's either here or there. Reasons also um, being the, the merger that just finally got finalized. Remember, after after yeah. after WrestleMania, the next day, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're merging. I was like, OK, this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then they merged the one title and then they had a new world title that was made. Later also on, known as the Shut Up Stuff Heels world title title <laughs> <laughs> that actually is what it is honest to god if if samantha comes out just like it's for the wwe shut up it's the world heavyweight championship i will say she's the greatest for bringing out of all time she's getting you know, she's, she's getting there she's getting there she's getting really there oh my gosh um but yeah the story has always been there and it's one of those things where it's like you have it in your hands why not finish it and the only way i could possibly see it maybe getting finished is that maybe they could have rock and roman at mm -hmm. mania but cody takes the belt off of him at rumble which i know is a big gamble but at the same time rock and roman does not need to be for the title we don't need to see rock getting another world title run out of this is that's the direction they're going yeah um it's just it's something deeper and not all stories need to be about championships. They need to be something that has a good story behind it and have some deep meaning to it. And the one that's been up out of this has been, it's about being the tribal chief. Honestly, Rock was tribal chief for probably the longest time. Now Roman Reigns is like, well, now I'm the tribal chief. It's a battle between the two. You don't need the belt. Just put the two in there. You got your Fred brings up a good idea, but I didn't think of. Because Roman also needs to be, at this point, a Roman Reigns title match is a big deal. 
Um, and Cody's ascension to winning the title that his family has never won is also a big deal. And I still think you do not prematurely put the belt on Cody out of Rumble, especially not a Tropicana field, not that setting. Oh my God, it's horrible. Um, but <laughs> yeah, anywhere but Florida, Florida. <laughs> pretty much is what I say all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that at the end of the day, you at re- at the end of the day of a final match on Sunday of WrestleMania 40 is Cody Rhodes holding that WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship with half of the pyro in all of the United States going off. <laughs> that should be your final shot. Um, yes. I, yeah, I do agree. I feel like that has to be. However, there are two nights of mania and there's something that no one's ever done is main event both nights of mania. Roman and Rock can main event night one, be it a non-title match. I think it's a waste of the world title, but no one cares about Seth's title anyways. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I... I it, but Ricky Gunther needs his title moment. I Listen, the, 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 the actual booker in me says Gunther, Seth, world title, main event night one, Roman, Cody, Universal Championship, main event night two. However... You have a box office, financially speaking, a box office megastar um, and someone who clearly still has pull in the wrestling world in The Rock, and he's clearly in phenomenal shape uh, that he could main event night one and Seth and Gunther can open up night two, maybe? You know, I like, because listen, if it's going to bean something... I like the story of who's the real head of the table. Rock doesn't need a title. Rock can say, I don't want the title. I just want to prove to you, but I'm still the head of the table. So that's how I think you get Roman night one against the rock non-title Cody versus Roman night two. Roman can still win one night and Cody can still get his story. And Roman still makes history as being the guy to main event both nights of a mania, which has never been done before would be good although and this is just me personally talking i feel like that would do a disservice to whoever wins the rumble for the women's side that is also true i mean they've been chapped so many times i mean the the toss-up for this past year between Sami Zayn, kevin owens and the usos versus charlotte and rio you could have gone either way and it would have been totally fine with whichever one would have been it um so I would say that as much as I would love the idea of Roman main eventing both nights, I feel like Rhea has earned that WrestleMania main event and she should headline night one. And whether that is, you know, against Becky, whether that's against Bianca, whether that's against whoever, I feel like Rhea is the one that does that. And people are going to be asking, what about the WWE women's style? Honestly, Rhea is the one person <laughs> right now I see that deserves to be in the main event WrestleMania yeah. right now. Maybe have Ron, Rhea versus Becky, Rhea versus Bianca. There are people that you could put in that match, and it would be great. Yeah, no. You're, you're, you're... <laughs> it's just Rhea, fill in the blank. Yeah, no, you're you're and... absolutely correct. The, the thing with the WWE still doesn't have a good handle of, but a better handle of than most other companies. Um... The women's titles have to mean something. When I mean when I say mean something, it means there has to be a story behind it. The thing that hurt Charlotte and Rhea 
the only thing that hurt them leading into Mania is that there was no real story. There was not a there was not as good of a story investment as was KO and Sammy, which naturally deserved to main event that night. You know, Rhea and Charlotte were in kind of a bind where they're like, we really don't have a story, but we're going to kick ass in the ring. And it is one of the best matches in WrestleMania history, bar none, like gender notwithstanding. That's an unreal match, <laughs> you know. But I will also, I will also say this that that's WWE's fault. It is, absolutely is to steal, to, steal a phrase, to steal a phrase from Bailey. Ding dong, there was a story <laughs> there. Rhea and Charlotte fought at WrestleMania. Yeah. Rhea wants her win back. Yeah, no, that, it is a total yeah, creative folly, and it's a giant creative folly in the wrestling world because wrestling writers and creative people don't know how to write for women. They've shown that time and time again, um, it, it, and it's a shame. It's a shame because there is a way that you have to craft. A female-led story, which a lot of writers have a hard time doing, because they're not females. <laughs> you know, like the reason. All right, here's the thing: the reason Otis and Mandy's love story got over so well is because a woman wrote it. <laughs> it's it's, true. it's why it got over so well because a woman wrote it. It was fantastic. They ended up releasing her, which was a shame. Um, but that's the reason that God of well, there's sometimes there needs to be diversification in writing rooms, especially in wrestling creative rooms. There needs to be a diversification of genders and experiences. That's how you create these good stories. You know, be it as it may, again, The Rock potentially at Mania, you'd be stupid not to book him in something. Yeah. Even if he hosts it, you uh, know, hell, have The Rock be the special guest referee at Cody and Roman, and then ha- and then you set up Roman Rock at SummerSlam, which, by the way, that's a no-brainer as well. <laughs> you know, Roman Rock SummerSlam is crazy, absolutely bonkers and wild. Uh, but let's move on. Let's move on from that because we've talked about The Rock and the People Champ because you can hear about him all the time. But let's talk about the 33rd annual PWI Top 500. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, essentially the Sports Illustrated of professional wrestling, comes out every year, twice in a lifetime. Shut up, Fritz. Um, <laughs> that actually is the that was the John Cena and Rock Bill because the Rock was special enforcer. Anywho, um, <laughs> Rhea and Charlotte did that. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, the PWI Top 500 for 33 years running, they put up a 500 list of the top overall wrestler in the world, gender notwithstanding. They have expanded in the most recent years of doing a women's list as well as a tag team list. But for this year, for this year, the 33rd annual PWI 500, The Shield, the group known as The Shield featuring members uh, John Moxley, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins, when one night only Kurt Angle um, all, all dominated the PWI in one, two, and three. Seth Rollins being the number one rated wrestler in the world. Roman Reigns, number two. John Moxley, number three. Uh, closing out that top ten as well. Gunther, the current and record-breaking Intercontinental Champion at number four. Vikingo, the... Uh, 
Vikingo, as he's just, as a short form name is called, at number five, MJF, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, and he thinks he's better than you, and we should know it. Uh, at number six, Kazuska Okada, number seven, Orange Cassidy, former AEW International Champion and longest reign ever with the international title. Uh, number eight, Joss Alexander. I think it's Impact Wrestling, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong, Nate. At number nine. So very good for Impact and having somebody in there in the top 10. And Adrenaline in his soul, Cody Rhodes at number 10. If you want to look at the top of all the 500, you can find it online. A couple quick things about the PWI 500. Their criteria goes from July of the previous year to July of the current year so july 2022 to july 2023 it's kind of a grading period they go on the basis of uh wins losses championships held and quality of matches just to name a few hence why seth rollins rightfully so i believe it's just number one roman at two uh john moxie kind of surprising at three but it's very interesting to see the shield uh in the top three still dominating the wrestling scene as per pwi there are some pretty interesting stuff on there uh carmelo hayes number 13 dominic mysterio 94 uh apparently Dolph ziggler wrestled and he's in there somewhere uh <laughs> chad gable at 338 the big shocker for me when you're going through the top 10 is that mjf being the aw world champion is ranked lower than John Moxley, who's the international champion. So your high AW's highest accolade is lower on the list than essentially a secondary title, which is very fascinating uh, to me. And that's, that's, that says something uh, about that. But Nate, what are your thoughts on this PWI 500 when it came out? Cause it just came out literally like over the weekend or something like that. So it's crazy because we went through this entire deal before the show started and we, joked about how there were all these random people that had like three letter names or some that are just yeah food like somehow like somehow shout out the corn dog there. by the cheeseburger. way cheeseburger <laughs> corn dog mm-hmm. was on. corn dog um oh god who was the, who was the other one uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger somehow still wrestling yes. <laughs> so many of these random people that were on there but as far as like i'm just, i'll focus more on the top 10 um, I had some disputes about some of these, like Orange Cassidy, I thought maybe should have been maybe a little bit mm-hmm. lower. But at the same time, you did bring up the points of uh, quality of the matches as well as their win-loss record. And Orange Cassidy was on quite a roll yeah. for there. Huge run um, as the international champion. Huge think, run. No kidding. Um, as far as, you know, the deal between MJF and John Moxley, I thought to myself, well, that's actually a good point, but wait a minute. John Moxley has had more matches than MJF throughout the that time because MJF during that time was still a heel. So he was only doing like big time matches, I think. And whether it was like the small, whether it was like only like once every few months or something like that, anytime MJF was in there, fuck could he go. I mean, you have to remember this dude had the, one of the greatest Ironman matches of all time with Brian Danielson. Of all people. (laughs) But (laughs) fair enough. Um, This guy, has definitely been he definitely deserved to be in the top 10 the fact that he's in the top five i'm okay with that uh vikingo uh actually weirdly enough he was actually in the news where he did a dive and he actually landed oh. on his hip. uh they're not sure if he might have fractured it um they think that he might be out injured for a while but it was actually during an episode of collision which well, he had a sounds like I he had a collision <laughs> he had a collision with the yeah, floor obviously <laughs> And the four one. Um, but as far as like the top ten, 
I think it's a fair list. I mean, looking at a lot of these, yeah. Some people you would say like, oh, this person should be higher. This person should be higher. You have to remember, like Ricky said, it's from July of last year to July of this year. Anything beyond that, that's probably going to be for the next year list. So the fact that I saw Chad Gable as low as he was, even though he had great matches with Gunther, he's probably going to be higher next yeah, year. Yeah, he should be. I'm hoping so, because Chad Gable is fucking amazing. Anyway, uh, it's a very interesting list. Just seeing all these names, they're like, wow, this person actually wrestles. Oh, this is actually a person <laughs> that wrestles. Okay, this and also it gives me some ideas like, oh, I kind of want to wrestle this guy. I kind of want to wrestle with the beef. I kind of want to wrestle with corn. corn. <laughs> I also want to wrestle with. Can, can we put out a petition to have uh, banana versus cheeseburger? <laughs> Seriously, that 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 is a that's a match I'd, I'd travel for. I'm not going to lie. It's healthy versus unhealthy. Wait, no, no, that's me. That's too me. <laughs> Listen, a cheeseburger can be healthy with the right ingredients. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah, that is fair. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a fair list though. Honestly, kind of shocked that it's the Shield that are in the top three. But at the same time, those are the three guys that have been kind of like pillars, no pun intended, for wrestling. Rather, when you talk about wrestling, you talk about John Moxley, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. Like you talked about John Cena, Randy Orton, Triple H, Shawn mm-hmm. Michaels. Uh, brother, brother, brother. I'm not going to mention his name because he's a big fat liar. Um, <laughs> Randy Macho Man Savage, you, you, you get the point yeah. I'm talking about. But, yeah, no, it's, it's it's a fun list, though. It's just one of those things where it sparks debates, and there's some people that are going to have stupid opinions, <laughs> and there's some that are going to have good quality opinions. Those that are just like, well, I think this guy should be hired because they had this match, they had this match, they had this match. It's like, okay, that's a fair opinion. Instead of being like, well, this guy, uh, PCO, he should have been ranked higher because he is PCO. He's a dead guy that. It's really it awesome. keeps dying yeah, for that's, some that's reason. <laughs> like, it's, Dude, I I don't fully understand. PCL, no one understands PCO. It's, really, it's, like, it's, it's a gimmick that works. PCO doesn't understand PCO. A couple of things here. Remember, it's the PWI 500, <laughs> so this includes every every person, male or female, or any um or any gender that they identify. In between, oh, God, this is right. an overall list. This doesn't like so. This includes everybody, and the highest ranked female. Is not Mercedes Monet, which I would have made her number one regardless of anything. Uh, not Britt Baker or Soraya or Tony Storm or Bianca Belair, which to me, to not have Bianca on this list is something that I would very, I would contest very much. Not having Becky Lynch on this list, something I would probably contest. The highest rated um, PWI does, does have a female list, but the PWI 500, friends, I will argue, is the list that everybody use, likes to go by. Uh, but the highest rated female is uh, Masha Slamovich from, I think, Impact. Is that correct, Nate? That Masha Slamovich, the highest rated honestly, female at number 15. That is insane. But that is awesome, too. Like I said, she should have won the title at Bound for Glory, but that's just... <laughs> My opinion, but also the fact that I looked at this list and I don't think I saw Jordan Grace on there. She had a pretty good run from from July to July. But oh, Jordan Grace, big fish, small pond, so much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, she she. If I would have, there's a picture of me getting a headlock from her. She probably could have popped my head like right <laughs> off the shoulder. She <laughs> is she is scary. Um, oh, she's she is like the right way. If Scott Steiner didn't, you know, juice so much, I would imagine if 
that would have been what Scott Snyder would have been, would have been Johnny <laughs> Yeah, no, no. So it's it's very good. I mean, Impact overall, Impact Wrestling overall had a very great showing on this list. You know, Joss Alexander being in your top 10, uh, Masha Slamovitz being the highest rated female on this list as well. Impact Wrestling is good. There's a reason Impact stays around, surprisingly enough, because... They are actually pretty talented. They may not sell out arenas like an AEW or a WWE, but if you want quality wrestling with pretty decent and consistent storylines, watch Impact. You're not going to be disappointed. I've seen a couple of Impact pay-per-views. I enjoy them. I want a clip of King Ricky admitting that Impact Wrestling is awesome, basically. I want I never thought of Impact Wrestling does have its good moments. I just also call Impact Wrestling the roach that just doesn't die. Like the roach that... It's the cockroach <laughs> that survives the apocalypse sometimes. Like, I understand that. <laughs> you know, especially with the Dixie Carter. I agree with that logic. <laughs> so, yes, in the 33 years of the PWI 500, there's only a couple of people who have been number one multiple times. Seth Rollins actually ties for the most number ones uh, with his third time at number one. And so the entire list of the PWI 500 started in 1991 with the number one wrestler in the world known as H. H brother, uh, that guy. 92 was Surfer Sting. 93 and 94, Bret Hart. 95, Diesel, because he was not Kevin Nash yet. 96, The Heartbreak Kid. 97, Dean Malenko. Who knew? Um, oh, shit. 98 and 99, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, 2001, uh, Drink Your Milk, Kurt Angle. 2002, Rob Van Dam. 2003, the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. 2004, based on wrestling talent alone, Chris Benoit, if that makes sense. 2005, uh, Batista. 2006, 2007, John Cena. 2008, Randy Orton. 2009, Triple H. 2010, the phenomenal AJ Styles. The biggest outlier of all of them, 2011, The Miz was the number one rated wrestler in you kidding <laughs> okay in the PWI 500 that has to be a troll no joke. it's not oh my God. <laughs> no it's not uh 2012 cm punk when he was actually relevant and not a piece of crap uh 2013 john <laughs> cena 2014 daniel bryan not brian danielson 2015 seems the first showing of seth rollins 2016 roman reigns 2017 the rain maker that's all you gotta say 2018 kenny omega 2019 seth rollins 2020 john moxley 2021 one that i was very against him being the number one uh kenny omega because i thought roman reigns had the better year uh 2022 roman reigns did become the number one and 2023 this year seth freaking rollins that's the history so seth is tied with john cena for the most times at number one that is crazy. But that also just shows that this dude knows how to stay relevant. I mean, I'm looking at those. What were the years that Seth Rollins won them? Was it? It's, he's literally, it's every four years since he debuted the first time. He de- he was number oh, one shit. on 2015. Four years later, 2019, he's number one. Four years later, 2023, he's number one. Okay, so let's think about this. 2015, that's Blonde Streak Shield Seth. Okay. Like, 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 I, like, I broke up with Shield, but I'm buying in, Seth. 2019 is Messiah, Seth. 
That's Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Oh, that was... I think actually 2019 was when he was... Uh, oh, 2019 was 35. So that was when he was the Universal yeah, yeah, yeah. Champion. That too. And, uh, oh, no. And I just remembered that was also... That was also Fiend and Seth at Hell in a Cell. Listen, it's still number one. And then now 2023, you have, you have this... You have Seth freaking Rollins. So this man reinvents himself and finds a way to become the number one wrestler in the world. That is something to behold. Yeah, it is. I agree. And honestly, the fact that he's in the same conversation as John Cena, at least within the PW Illustrated, that's that's saying a lot. That says that he is a guy who knows how to reinvent himself and stay relevant, which can be very difficult in wrestling. But he's done that three times, basically stating, hey, I'm the best. Yeah, and that, that is something to be said for his legacy when he goes into the Hall of Fame, because he's going into the Hall of Fame. So congratulations to Seth Rollins and everybody else who made the PWI 500. Uh, moving over back to AEW, some news came out, and this is coming, uh, some of this news was first broke by uh, Fightful, as well as vetted by Andrew Zarian of the Mat Men Podcast, a good friend of the show. Shout out to Andrew Zarian and the Mat Men in particular. Uh, it is the belief right now that AEW will be moving to having streaming content, whether that be Dynamite and Collision and Rampage and all that, whether that's going to be moving over to Max, formerly known as HBO Max, but no one really calls it Max. We're just going to call it HBO Max. There's the belief that AEW is going to be putting streaming content on HBO Max, in particular the 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 idea is that not only is that going to happen but aw is going to move to probably a 12 month pay-per-view format or ple format as in wwe does for the most part although wwe i think has eliminated the december ple at this point but aw is going to move away from the sporadic pay-per-views to a more consistent month-by-month basis and this was kind of hinted at because we literally went from all in all out now we're getting wrestle dream in a couple of weeks so this is the movement uh on top of that it was also confirmed as well that aid that max in, in general sorry hbo max or max is going to be putting a live tier section a live sports tier uh, section to Max, and they're going to call it Bleacher Report because that's what they own, anyways. So, so the uh, the idea is that Bleacher Report is going to be an an added service to Max, but there is going to be a promotional like six month period where current subscribers of Max will get it for free until they like you know block it with a paywall for the great price of nine ninety nine a month. Um, added on to the subscription. And so the belief is potentially AEW may be under that Bleacher Report banner. So there's a lot to digest here. The fact of the matter is, in my opinion, this is a long time coming. AEW is owned by Warner and all of that. They had Max. They This should have, in my opinion, this should have happened earlier. However, I also know from a technical standpoint it's one thing to have to have a library of stuff that you can watch, like Netflix, uh, where you can just like, oh, I have this. I can watch this. It's a n- totally, completely different monster to have the technology to um, to put on a live streaming event. And that takes time and infrastructure and people to do. Uh, but it seems like this is coming down the pipe for AEW. And for me, and me only, I think this is a net positive for AEW. I feel like it will get more eyes on the product. It'll sure, it'll sure get me to watch more consistently. 
<laughs> if that is the case. Um, and I think only benefits could come from this. The multi, the you know, the monthly pay-per-view event, I don't know how that's gonna go for them. Uh, but we'll see how it is. But I think this is a positive thing and probably a long time coming for them. Uh, if it does happen to really move over here, I'll watch a little bit more AEW. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, 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 I'm hopeful that this does occur to them because I think this can only benefit them. But, Nate, what are your thoughts on this possible AEW going to essentially their own streaming service in HBO Max? So, first of all, fuck Bleach Report <laughs> because they were such a pain in the ass to try and get onto a TV. <laughs> it's just so hard trying to get... From like a computer from an ipad to like a tv section just doing there so honestly this is basically like a hallelujah <laughs> moment because at least now you can actually watch it on a streaming service as well as on something that will probably not crash as much <laughs> because i don't know what the hell went on with them but i know there are a lot of people that were in the comments section in the chat room just being like fuck this app why can't i get this on the big team what do you mean why can't i do this why can't i do this so you know just the common stuff nowadays that we get yeah. complaints about but i agree no this is a long time coming and honestly i'm surprised that they have not done this sooner but at the same time unlike with like wwe where they have such a huge uh video library where they have all of the Know, classic and uh, uh, territory video mm -hmm. archives in their system. Uh, they have a lot of stuff that is coming in here because now they not only have, you know, with AEW, they also have some of their one-off deals. I mean, you have to remember, they also had some of their random series, like, uh, oh, what was, the, what was the one with the roads? It was like, uh, like Journey to the Roads. It wasn't like Roads. I don't want to say like it was that. Roads to Glory or something like that, but I know what you're talking about. It was like Something it was like the that. Miz I mean, and they got it was like the Miz and Misses of AEW. I'm sorry, but nothing can replace the Miz and Misses, and I will fight. I, I, I'll be right. I'll amazing. be right by your side, fighting, fighting as well. <laughs> um, but also the fact that the Mizanin family is probably going to populate like a bunch of rabbits <laughs> is kind of amazing. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, like you said, it's a long time coming. The fact they're also got they also got Ring of Honor, so they got a this huge is library where you can put the Ring well. of Honor library. Just Axe Otter Club put it on the streaming service. Yeah, honestly, it's 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 perfect I, for them. Um, creatively, I think they will have a problem moving to this. Uh, why is that? It's crazy? because you it like it's when you're doing four or five major shows a year you have the freedom creatively to essentially just let some weeks go by the wayside and be like screw it we can just build it later and when you go to a more consistent monthly pay-per-view schedule or premium live event schedule you as soon as one event's over you start you have to automatically start building to the next event it is very fast paced the turnover like once the event's over it's like okay what are we doing next month and to, it, it'll get to the point where you almost have to plan three events at the same time because there's no downtime like they can't say oh we're going to take a couple weeks off and then start to build to something more that's that's not the case that will not be the case 
if they move to that schedule. You, ha it's got to be story after story after story, and there's going to be growing pains with that. I'm, I'm assuming when WWE started expanding that, there were growing pains with that too. So it is something that they're going to have to adjust to, and I think it's going to be rough for them. And I will say this: this might be the first time we can document this. I disagree. Really? Oh, so you have to bear in mind that AEW has been doing not only their big pay-per-view shows, but they've also been doing specials ever since the company has come That's to be. True. So they have that kind of deal where they just like, okay, we got this pay-per-view done. Now we got, you know, fighter fest fight for the fall. And we got all these other big shows that are coming up for that. So they could find a way to adjust it from what they had, but now they have a reason to now, put more thought into some of these stories instead of it being a deal where it's just like, eh, you know, it's still a small show. We'll make it a big like match, but we're not going to put too much stories. Best minute. Now, hopefully it's going to wake their minds up and be like, okay, we have this deal. Now we have this, you know, next big event. We have some kind of story that goes on with it. And honestly, that might help them do, you know, prolonged booking mm -hmm. to where they can say, okay, we have something set up in the show that can go into the next show. Obviously, you can't do like a freaking Royal Rumble or something <laughs> like that because that's just copyright, yeah. obviously. But you still have other ways that you can do it. You have a casino battle royale. Why have we not seen that as of late? I, I love know. the casino battle you royale concept. I think that's one of the smartest things they did. It's it's great. It's one of those things where, again, why have they not done that? But that's beyond me, and I don't own the company, mm -hmm. so, you know somebody else will figure it out um you have like the eliminator there is another thing you could have a freaking pay-per-view be a complete tournament yes. and just maybe sprinkle in a couple of random matches in there fucking king of the ring worked that way why not have AEW do something like that grand slam could be a tournament for all i care at this seriously point. i mean there to your point they have a lot of and i this is one of my gripes with AEW for a very very long time they have <laughs> Rafe, what? Sorry, it's breaking news. Rafe Phoenix beat John Moxley. Clean. Whoa, they're giving it to the Kesha. <laughs> he beat him clean as he beat him clean as a whistle too. Oh wow. God, <laughs> There's got to be something. John might be hurt. Um, because I did. That's a shocker and a half right there. Um, but. Congratulations to Ray Phoenix, by the way. He is a phenom phenomenal yeah. performer. Uh, but to, to back to what I was saying, my biggest gripe with AEW is that they had all these seemingly mean. They botched the finish. Okay, they had all these seemingly. Of course they <laughs> of course did. You cannot. Two good things can't happen to AEW. <laughs> okay, um, AEW seemingly always had these dynamite specials that could have been something bigger and that was all that's always been one of my gripes with AEW. was like you're wasting these special attraction things on wednesday nights when you could make more money over this and so i i do believe there are going to be some things that will transition from just a random dynamite special that they've had every year to something bigger like a monthly pay-per-view for instance grand slam writes itself <laughs> you know Grand Slam should be one. Uh, Fighter Fest, like you said, 
could be a great weekend of wrestling, a Saturday, Sunday weekend of wrestling for AEW. You know, Winter is Coming could be one too. Uh, didn't they have, they've had New Year's, didn't they have New Year's Bash a couple of times? Something like that. They, I think they tried to do like a Bash at the Beach Which they couldn't do too. because WWE has it copyrighted. copyrighted. Uh, they had a St. Patrick's Day one too, didn't they? Oh, yeah. You know what? Honestly, if it's like a holiday-based one, I guarantee they probably had yeah. something with it. I'm surprised they've not dipped into the TNA <laughs> deal and just brought the turkey ball into the deal. Yeah, no. So I'm excited for them because, uh, to your point, um, and it was a good point, they have, they have the ideas because they've pretty much experimented with them on Dynamite. Now you just got to make them events. You know, yes. and I think that's a good And of all of them, you know, Grand Slam is, is an easy pay-per-view to do you have the arena you already have the time frame just move it from wednesday put it on sunday you know what i mean it'll be great i'll show up sell and you know make it a big deal um and I, I i like it you know outside of that you know like i said fighter fest could easily move over blood and guts there we go blood and guts right there blood and guts is a, blood and guts easily like you're it's their extreme rules pay-per-view they, you, you are correct. There's a lot of stuff that they can do for that, and I, I hope they do move a lot of that stuff over, because that way you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You do not have to reinvent it. You just I mean, have to make it bigger. And just imagine this: if they were to do another fight for the fallen, they could have like some of the proceeds from the subscriptions or from the merchandise deal go to the cause that they were probably. Well, I it was something exactly in Jacksonville were, that was, I know they were doing. I think it wasn't there, there was a shooting or something at a mall. It was, I think that fight, I think that, um, I always thought the fight for the fallen was always something that was like in memoriam to either like troops or some kind of big event that was going on or some, not a big event, big tragedy that was going on. That, that was a poor choice of words. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like this is really sad for me to say there's a lot of negativity that goes on in this world that fight for the fallen would be one that would make honestly a charity pay-per-view that was a big deal would be a great move because that's again that is actually something wwe doesn't do tribute for the troops doesn't count um you know no no it does not it doesn't but like an actual like essentially a charity pay-per-view that was part of your rotation like tribute for the troops is a tv special you know, and and I I do like what they do. They do you know go overseas to where, to where some of our armed forces are based at somewhere, and they do put on a show directly in front of them. Usually, um, usually, uh, but to have something of that magnitude, like a fight for the fallen, um, and have it as like their their yearly thing, I think that would be a great move, great PR, uh, and just just it would just be a fun event. I think in general for everybody involved. And they can even change up the charity depending on where they put the event. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be really cool. So, prop. Honestly, another, another, also another great event would be something that involves the Owen Hart Cup. Honestly. The Owen Hart Cup could be your tournament entire, pay-per-view. There we go. <laughs> it's literally there, even though I hate the... AEW, <laughs> this shit it does. itself. It does. Hey, it is very simple. Although I hate the fact that they're using Owen Hart's name as a thing. That's just that's another gripe of mine. Um, but I get it. Martha Hart hates WWE. I get it. Um, and she has the rights to his name. It just it's always seemed very exploitive for me. 
No, I, I yeah. totally get that. But the, for, for me, looking at like, you know, the glass half full deal, at least Owen Hart's legacy is being recognized yeah. in some, recognized in some sure. sort of way. Just like the Owen Hart Foundation. Yeah. No, no, I, I definitely, I definitely understand that. So yeah. Good luck to AEW. Does I hope this does move forward? Uh, hopefully in twenty twenty four, because I think it's. I can't wait for that that graphic to show up. That HBO Max is all <laughs> Actually, I would love to see that graphic. That'd be really really cool. That would be really cool. So let's move on from that uh, to the oh, greatest God, no. shocker of the last two weeks, baby. Nia Jax <laughs> came to make everybody. Um, really, really mad. <laughs> like, really, really mad, except for me. Uh, Nia Jax returned out literally out of nowhere to take out Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez um, during their main event match, which was essentially the final match, the final match and the final Raw where the McMahon family was in full control of WWE, ironically enough. Um... I know, that's what I was looking too. It's like, wow, it ends with the women's match. Yeah. That's so it is very, very, very much irony because you know how poorly Mr. McMahon himself, Vincent McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, has treated women historically on his product. Yeah, on his product, uh, I will say that. Uh, the rumor is that as soon as Vince finagled his way back into power into WWE, uh, Nia Jax was apparently the first signee. So she had been signed for a while. And it looks like... It, it appears, it appears that Naya, from what I can see visually, she looks like she's in good shape. I'll give her that. She looks like she did drop some weight. Um, I know the concern's always been about, is she going to injure people in the ring? But m my counter to that is, if we can allow Ridge Holland to still wrestle while pretty much ending Biggie's career, we can, we can let Nia Jax off the hook for a couple of bad punches where the people are still wrestling. Wasn't there also one with Kyrie Sane where she powerbombed him into the, uh, was it the steps or was it the turnbuckle or something like that? I can't remember exactly, but I also found why somebody actually brought up a good point that uh, Kyrie was talking about possibly coming back to WWE. And now it's probably one of those things she sees Nia. It's like, um, hey, stardom, can we talk just for a minute? <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I don't understand. Like, I understand when the Nia heat to an extent, but like, there have been performers that have done worse to people. Uh, you know, Ridge Holland being one. <laughs> Seth Rollins almost ended two careers in a three-month period. Hell, for a while, Brie Bella was one of the most dangerous people to work with. <laughs> you know. And so Moray, you know. And Eva Marie, she makes me want to turn off my TV every Fact time I see her. The matter is, anyway, this I'm is sorry. professional wrestling. This isn't... As, the, as much as you can choreograph it, mistakes will happen. One of the greatest mistakes of all time was Nia Jax knocking out Becky Lynch. And without that happening, we don't get the Becky Lynch we do see today. I can guarantee that. Without the bloody Becky moment, which was a massive mistake. It was not supposed to happen. But without that moment, we don't get the Becky Lynch who main events WrestleMania. So thank you, Nia, for that. I appreciate that. Listen, I understand the concern. I understand the concern, but if we're going to have concern for Nia, I would have concern for Ridge. I would have concern for Seth. I would have concern for everybody else. Hell, I'd have concern for Edge. Edge ended somebody's career in his first match ever on TV. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've heard this story. <laughs> you know, so you, there's got to be a little bit of grace. If we're going to give grace to these other performers, we should also give grace to Naya and also have the optimism here that she has gotten better. It looks like she's gotten better. It looks like she's in much, much better shape than when she first started. And it looks like they're building to something. Listen, the WWE Women's Division is getting really good again. And I'm not even going to talk about a baddie that might join because I'm not going to, you know, really put myself into, like, you know, the, the, the dirt sheet talking here. I'll wait till she potentially shows up on TV. Um, but adding Nia to this division, who already has Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez, who might be in trouble if Nia's back, um, like, just... Spot on the yeah. spot on the card wise, Bailey, um, Io Shirai, Dakota Castellinger, Bianca Belair, who's on a break but coming back, Charlotte Flair. This is a great division again, you know, and it's only and like Nia only makes this better. Uh, creates a very, very different hierarchy. And we're not even talking about the women in NXT that are coming up. You know, your Roxanne Perez's, your Gigi Dolan's, your JC Jane's, uh, your Lyra Valkyria, your Fallon's, um, all of them as well, up the pipe. Nia Jax is a big get. A big get, especially if she's improved in the ring, which it looks like she does. She's a big get. It's something that the other brands don't have. And the other thing about it is... They're building something with her. They're building a story. She is essentially going to be the baddest of the bad, the Annihilator. I also love that they gave her the bonsai drop. She, there's a lot you can do with Nia. She's obviously going around and taking people out, which is the, one of the greatest Triple H troll jobs I've ever seen. Like, oh, you're mad that she's you're <laughs> mad that she injures people. Well, we're just going to have her kayfabe injure people. <laughs> You know, okay, that's, that's fair. <laughs> you know, but there's a lot you can do with Nia. She could just be on this rampage where you never know where she's going to show up, which I like because it builds intrigue and gets people talking. She can also be one of the bloodline. She could be the heavy of the bloodline. She's the female. She is the female solo. And I've been cramming for a female member of the bloodline. I thought it was going to be Trinity for a while, but she obviously got unfortunately released. Um, but Nia Jax can slip into that role real well. Real, real well. There's, there's a lot you can do with Nia. I'm optimistic for what she can do. I know you, I know you, because oh, we talked about this before, Nate, I know you're not as excited for Nia, but I wanted to get my semi-excitement for Nia Jax. But what are your, what are your reservations with Nia outside of her, uh, her, her, her history or of potentially hurting people in the ring? So, I mean, other than that, I don't know. It's really she has a very interesting uh, presence. She does in the ring. Um, it's really weird because they tried having her as a heel, and I think that's where she definitely excels. Yeah. More. But then they tried to make her a baby face, and that just didn't work. And then after she went back to being heel again, something just didn't click. I don't know what exactly it was. And then we mentioned, of course, she's got the injuries. She had the health uh, deal with Charlotte, which, dear Lord, that was the thing. Charlotte's not an angel uh, either. Was, Charlotte's got an attitude issue from time to time. No, that's that, that I agree with. That, that I totally agree with. I mean, she literally has her Charlotte in the bank like every <laughs> single time she comes back. It's like, hey, I want a title shot. 
Okay, I'm getting it. Cool. I'm going to start calling um, it Charlotte in the Bank. She's officially catching it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's literally what it is. Here comes a champion. Here comes Charlotte. Oh, she's catching it. Damn it. She, she literally went to her dad's like, hey, can I have some money so I can cash in a opportunity at a title? Uh, anyway, getting back to Nia Jax. I will also say that she does have one of the best comedic moments of all time, inadvertently, where she landed on the apron. She went, my whole just... <laughs> I will say that was probably one of her highlights of her career, even though that was I don't know so if she's intentional, intentional, but I think she is unintentionally funny. I agree with that. I can definitely get behind that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just the disconnect for me with her that just stands out. Like I said, I just don't know if there's anything where it's like relatability or something where it's like, yeah, I want to see her, you know, be this heel. I want to see her be this baby. It's just something that's like, I just got nothing. I, I just really don't have anything where it's just kind of like, yeah, I want to see her succeed. I'm just kind of like, ah, she's kind of there at this point. And like I said, it wasn't always that way. When she had the feud with Alexa Bliss, I thought, oh, okay, this actually makes I sense. I was very into her and Alexa Bliss feud because I think it came from a real place. And I think that was, it was a well-written yeah. story. Like, I, re- I remember going into the WrestleMania, that was a, that's a match people wanted to see. Like, she was, yeah. she was hot yeah. for that. And, it was, it was like female version of Diesel versus Shawn Michaels. Kind of, but you had you had the whole bullying and body image thing, which is a great story to tell for for women, especially coming from if anybody's ever listened to or heard Alexa Bliss's story growing up uh, with an eating disorder. So to have that kind of flipped and turn it to Nio, I think it was a cool thing to do, and and a really good moment. I think the issue with that was that she plateaued winning that title and they couldn't do anything with her because you're right she's a better she's a much better heel yeah um so maybe i'll give Nia a little bit of leeway because you do bring up some good points that she could definitely be somebody who is you know obviously no pun intended a game changer in the women's <laughs> division again but um it's just kind of those things like i want to see how she here. If she's doing this deal where she's beating up them, eh, she's she's good at that. Yeah. She really is. You also got to give and Rhea some competition. I will, I will say that, that is very true because she's gone through basically everybody except for Raquel, who's actually been giving Rhea some really good yeah. matches. Now it's like, okay, we're going from Raquel to Nia. I have my reservations because <laughs> I really like Raquel and Rhea. I kind of want them to do a best of seven series now. <laughs> yeah, no, very me. good. The, the thing with you know, everybody needs a good dancer, and sometimes you're only as good as the person across from you. And you know, Rhea has been, yeah, yeah, and Rhea's been dominating everybody. And Raquel's been doing great, but it's just not there yet. Um, and you gotta, and I mean, you gotta outside of Raquel, Rhea's decimated everybody. So Naya brings a whole different issue to it. I also love that they gave Naya the bonsai drop. <laughs> I, I, I assume so many people on the internet love that. Listen, Yokozuna was a Samoan. He was not Japanese. <laughs> so he <laughs> is. He, Yokozuna is. Te- if Yokozuna was still living, he would be the head of the table. Like he, <laughs> lineage wise, he would be the guy. Um, and Naya is obviously part of that giant Samoan lineage. So to give her the bonsai and calling it the Annihilator, great great move like great move uh by everybody by everybody involved there 
I, I'm interested to see where this goes with her. My only switch would have been, I would have had her as this crazy free agent. Like, if we really want to gauge, yeah. if we really want to gauge where to put Nye, if you don't want to put her with Rhea, have her mess up everybody in every division. I'm talking NXT, uh, Raw, and SmackDown. Have her destroy everybody until she, until someone signs her. And see... Ever basically Scott Steiner, right? <laughs> I know the second time <laughs> Scott Steiner on this show. But he, he's done a lot of great work. But yeah, I, I could see that. And I think that would have been really good to have her... Like you said, just go to Raw, mess up a couple matches there. Honest to God, with the fact that there are so many like smaller men on the NXT <laughs> roster, she would literally go to NXT and just throw them into the crowd. I, I would, would love her to like destroy to Metaphor. That. that would be hysterical to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh my gosh. And, and even like to tease people, be like, oh, we could see Aria versus naya where there's just a north american title match where she just literally does the bonsai oh my god it writes itself yep. again she bonsai drops dominic yeah. <laughs> mommy not happy <laughs> i would love her the bonsai drop like i would love for and this would be a total something they've never done uh outside of china doing i would love dominic the story should be Dominic avenges Rhea. He puts his NXT North American title on the line against Nia. Nia wins the North American Championship. That would... It would tick a lot of people off, but maybe not because it's Dom. Um, <laughs> but it, it, would, it would get people talking. I don't know where you go after that, but it would get people talking, and that's all wrestling is all about. Oh. I mean, it's it's kind of like the same thing with China and Jeff Jarrett. It's just like people didn't like Jeff, so that's kind of her, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of her that's kind of her deal. Where it's just like, yeah, you know, we have a woman as the IC champion, but at least it's not Jeff Jarrett. Very true. Uh, by the way, also what Fred was saying, uh, Moxie might be hurt, uh, which might which means they might have called it on the fly. Um, so hopefully he's, he's better with that page retained, by the way, uh, beating Tony Storm, like, like we really thought, uh, but let's move on from Nia and welcome back Nia Jax, by the way, I'm very happy to see you unlike some other people. And also congratulations Hello, to Becky Lynch, who, who is doing her best to avoid Nia Jax and going to NXT. <laughs> <laughs> There's a WrestleMania match right there. Listen, we never got Nia Becky. Um, and I don't know if there was any real heat there. I don't think there was from what I've heard of Becky. Um, I think Becky understood it was a mistake, you know, and Becky benefited the best of anybody in that situation. Um, but congratulations to Becky Lynch in a kind of a weird turn of events of a, of a botched promo becoming a program. <laughs> okay. Let's recap here. Tiffany Stratton came out on NXT one week saying she's the greatest women's champion of all time, saying that she was better than Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte, and she said Becky. And Becky Lynch responded on Twitter, because no one calls it X, saying, I haven't been the champion yet. Then we have Tiffy showing up on SmackDown, Tiffy showing up at Payback, you know, to mess with Becky. Becky comes to NXT, challenges Tiffy, and they put on a hell of a match, by the way. Like, if you're not a Tiffany Stratton fan after her match with Becky Lynch, I don't know what's the matter with you. They put on a hell of a match. Becky won, which I thought was premature. 
However, Becky completes her, I think she's Grand Slam Bex now, Grand Slam Bex. Um, her NBEX t-shirt is, has a little bit of a lemon thing with it, which is, again, really funny. Um, and she is the NXT Women's Champion. Uh, I think she's defending the title very... She defended the title against Natty. Um, Mox left on his own through the crowd. Interesting. She defended the title against Natty on Raw. Dominic Mysterio is putting his NXT North American title up against Dragon Lee next week on Raw, by the way. Which the NXT and... The NXT infusion randomly into raw and smackdown is absolutely brilliant for everybody involved so i don't have i don't have too many gripes about that um but now we're also getting becky who's going to headline nxt's no mercy which thank god they've kept no mercy nxt's no mercy in an extreme rules match with tiffany stratton for this title this got announced last it's got allowed it's got announced at the end of the show um very excited for that um, I'm a big Tiffany Stratton fan. I've I've seen her perform at the you know at uh, the other PLEs. I think she's phenomenal. She is everything Trish Stratus was supposed to be, which is saying a lot. <laughs> you know, she is a more athletic Trish Stratus. Um, and Becky kind of breaking her into what will be probably her 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 four way into the main roster is perfect. I am excited for this. Um, I'm excited for this match. W- what are your thoughts, Nate, on on Becky Lynch finally being the NXT champion and have finally having all four horsewomen hold the NXT title? It adds so much more prestige to that championship to say that finally all four, yeah. you know, of the women that are pillars in the original NXT finally have held that championship. I do agree. I feel like this championship win was premature. They probably could have gone a little bit further down the deal, maybe have Tiffany Tiffany win by like a DQ. I would have done Dusty Finish to to kick it off. I I would have too. Oh, gosh. Honestly, I feel like that would have worked. I think that would have worked where they did that Dusty Finish Somehow Tiffany pulls out a dusty finish to extreme rules at no mercy. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I understand. That's how um, I would have done it. But yeah. But uh no, I'm happy for Be- Becky. Like like I said, I'm not a fan of it being happened this fast because I think it does kind of put a damper on Tiffany's um you know credibility a little bit, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like it's the veteran versus the rookie that the story is kind yeah. of there where she definitely underestimated Becky and it cost her in the end. So that could be the story kind of going into no mercy is that now she's focused and she's maybe taking the time to look at some of Becky's matches and got a chance to see, okay, well maybe I can counter this, something like this, you know, something that they could have done with Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Jinder, he needs to be bad guy. He no need new move. Uh, we we bring in two little men to have them get beat up and then and do do the dream street because we don't need Ted DiBiase. Listen, to listen, like, man. The, 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 you cannot hinder one of the greatest championship runs of all time <laughs> in the Jinder Mahal championship run. I was I have never been a bigger troll in wrestling than being such a gender mark during that time um, in WWE history. Yeah, he is a he is a Canadian. Um, he is a Canadian. <laughs> That's what we call him. He is a Canadian icon in Jinder Mahal. Oh, man, what a guy. 
What a guy and what a ring. The 50th ever different WWE champion. Nonetheless, like he is number 50 uh, out of everybody. Um, <laughs> listen, and the Singh brothers did their job. The, the Singh the brothers earned every paycheck. <laughs> like no one can say it, but they didn't earn it because they earned it. I saw Randy Orton annihilate annihilate We're these just, men on a monthly basis sexual relish just, just just that first one where he just drops the guy on the table on his head he's just like whoops yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah no so so basically what you're saying is that we need to have like a mean girls deal where Tip, tiffany has like two random women just kind of help out and they just kind of get the ship yeah yeah she already had um <laughs> tiana james help her Oh, you know, so it, it's 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 fine. Uh, but oh, like Mean Girls and wrestling—that's actually stupid. But I kind of think that would be a great idea for her. Tiffany Stratton is essentially just a Barbie slash Mean Girl. Uh, like I I love her character, but it's one of those things where like she's she's supposed to be like an annoying heel, but she's so good in the ring that you kind of want to root for her. Right. <laughs> like she may have the prettiest moonsault in all of wrestling. <laughs> it's what I was, well, yeah, it's like Prius Moonsault ever, I think yeah, it's what it's called. something like, like that. Somewhere, Chris, somewhere Christopher Daniels is watching this and he's just like, okay, you know what? That's a pretty Moonsault. I'm not, like, you, I don't think people understand and you would know because you've been in the ring. She is literally jumping with her full body from, from like ring pose, like from the first rope, second rope, third rope, and then Moonsaulting. That's extremely oh difficult. <laughs> yeah, you have to have the right kind of like timing. You have to have the right kind of athleticism. Just it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. it's not, there's a reason why you will never see a banana <laughs> in my entire career. <laughs> yeah, to have that just natural ability. Like I love her finisher. It's so I'm not no pun intended. It's so pretty to watch. It is very pretty. Um, it's. It's pretty deadly. Ah, uh, yes, boy. Yes, boy. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't put her with pretty deadly. Don't. I don't think that's a good. Well, it could work. Maybe it could maybe, work. Maybe, maybe. maybe. She's the she, she's she's the Alexa Bliss to their body Murphy. It honestly could work in a very very weird way. I am very I'm excited for Pretty Deadly to return because I know Pretty Deadly has learned from the New Day and uh, Xavier Woods in particular, who uh, who I believe pretty much told them be as ridiculous as possible. And they I was like they get it now. I was like it's not that you're like annoying. It's that you're. Rid- ridiculous and if you like the more like the more ridiculous pretty deadly gets the more entertaining they'll be like the fact that on smackdown they 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 still have i think it was kit wilson in the wheelchair and he's like oh you're gonna be back soon and adam pierce is like what are you doing in a wheelchair but your arm was injured they're like what are you talking about there's trauma involved with this <laughs> 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 it was like this is so stupid but it's so worked i I wish all the best to Pretty Deadly and also wish all the best to Becky Lynch in this run. Because to be honest with you, without the advent of a mid-card women's title on the main roster, and where else is Becky going to go <laughs> right now? It's perfect. This is perfect for her. Although, with the potential addition of some future uh, wrestling talent, a particular baddie, 
we may get a women's mid-card title sooner than later. I have hopes for this, but I'm, that's all I'm going to comment about that. Um, but I, I have hopes that there might be another women's title on the main roster that can be utilized so that we don't have to have our talents like Becky Lynch and other people go down to compete for essentially the secondary women's title in NXT. And we can leave that as kind of a stepping stone for the future talent to come in. No, I agree. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, oh, we're saying Mox suffered a concussion. That's not good. Oh, no. That's no. not good at all. <laughs> not good at all. So... <sighs> Ooh, that could mean some time off, which is fine. Mox, you're number three ranked wrestler in the world for the next year. You can relax a little. <laughs> like, <dude. laughs> just, just, just a little bit, because yeah. definitely don't need him suffering any more CT. Yeah, he definitely have. already has. And it, it is a shame because I was very excited to see what he would do with this international title, because the international title is on the way to being something big. Uh, with him, so hopefully he he does he does get better, and and long may Becky Lynch's reign reign because I think as horrible long it is, she's gonna do a lot of good down there in NXT. She really is, especially with ratings. Especially with ratings. Uh, speaking of ratings, we're done for this week. We have finally finished. Uh, I first and foremost, Nate, want to thank you so much for coming in in the clutch, literally hours before. Uh, I was supposed to go on air with no host whatsoever, and you came into the clutch, and we I feel like we put on a pretty great, fantastic show. Thank you again uh, for, for joining me and to talk wrestling with me for the last hour uh, and 40 minutes and some, some change and such. So the floor is yours right now, uh, Mr. Nate. Plug anything you want. Where can they find you? Talk about your show. Go right ahead, sir. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed the comments and the conversations on this show, you'll enjoy Brace for Impact, where recently I've been talking about TNA, <laughs> the early days and going on from there. Uh, recent episode I did was uh, No Surrender 2008, which I have said is probably one of the most underwhelming shows I've seen. <laughs> for sure, TNA since I started this deal, which is saying a lot because I also had to deal with a weird casket match style deal with abyss and sting but that's for another episode you'll have to listen into um definitely check that out on all of our platforms the next show i'll be reviewing is actually going to be bound for glory which is going to be important because it's going to feature the genesis three simple letters <laughs> so definitely definitely tune into that you can follow me on twitter and on instagram at real fn game where you can just tell me about your favorite teenage moments or just talk about wrestling. Uh, we got our merchandise that you guys definitely need to just look at, enjoy it. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, I love the fact that I get to talk with King Ricky here. And I said to him, as soon as we confirmed that we were going to be doing this, I said, oh, sweet, I get to do my intro again. I'm totally <laughs> for this. So, it's always like, like my it's it's like my ecstasy literally every single time is like oh i get to do a king of the ring deal yes i get to do my <laughs> king ricky deal yay happy day for me um also and i say this because one mr zachary from the young lines perspective always likes to promote this uh i am the current midwest cyber wrestling champion over in rockford we're actually having our first show this saturday in rockford illinois 
So I will be posting a lot about that. I have my first title defense against the Priest of Pain. It's going to be an absolutely unforgettable show. So definitely, if you got a chance to, I would definitely suggest going on Facebook, checking that out. It's called uh, Cyber Zone, if I'm not mistaken. So I definitely wanted to give a nice little plug on that. Uh, but yeah, so many great things in wrestling, and I love the chance to come on and talk to great people like Ricky, like Fretz. And I will tell you guys this, that the season for uh, Brace for Impact, this one, is coming to a close. Next season, I can tell you this right now, there's going to be more than one voice on the Ooh. show. You're going to not want to oh, miss that. Our family's <sighs> getting bigger. I enjoy this. I, I will also say this, that um, one voice I really want to have on the show is one, and hopefully we find him, because he's still missing, one Willie <laughs> T, because I know how much of a mark he is for TNA as well. So. Yeah, can you believe his entry point in the pro wrestling was T, was TNA? <laughs> what was his first match that he saw? Did you I don't that? recall. You're gonna have to ask him. Um, that'll All be right. an interesting. That'll be an interesting thing to to talk about as well. Uh, but until then, folks, let's get. VF out of here, shall we? Well, since you did all your plugs, I should just do mine, Ben. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number 354, Total Annihilation. This episode was about to be totally annihilated until I got a game changer in Nate the and Great showing up in the clutch hours before to make sure that this show went off without a hand. So again, thank you so much, Nate, host of the Grace for Impact podcast, coming out with episodes every other Tuesday on WrestleAtic Radio. Kings of the Rings podcast you can find at kotr underscore podcast across all social media outlets like share subscribe leave us five star reviews if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting um service or podcasting app uh make sure you're subscribing to wrestle addict radio on your favorite podcasting app as well and follow wrestle addict radio socials at addict underscore wrestle on twitter and wrestle addict radio everywhere else you can find me uh king ricky rose adam bash the across all social media outlets whenever i decide to return it's not gonna be this year uh, the links to all of that are going to be in the description below, including some of our awesome merchandise, uh, our Patreon, and most importantly, our Discord, where you can chat with us pretty much 24-7, even during work, because some of us, like myself, work remote. <laughs> um, the link again, like I said again, links to all of that are in the description below. When we come back next week, I might have new hosts, because my current ones are wildly unreliable. Um, but when we come back next week, uh, Nijax will probably have taken out somebody. Uh, AW will probably put on another random Dynamite episode. WWE is not going to merge with somebody else. Uh, Becky Lynch is still going to be the NXT Women's Champion, and everything in between that may happen. Uh, going on in the world of wrestling so ladies and gentlemen we're gonna get out of here nate thank you so much uh yet again we will see you next week goodbye good night and if i ever have to put slack on this show as a special guest that'll be the final show ever because fuck you slack, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, slack. yeah we'll see you next week